Right when you are, as you are taking your seat, I want you to think about this. Last Sunday, we had about an 80% chance of rain. I don't see any rain. I don't see any sunshine. All I see is the perfect condition for the body of Christ to come together and hang out here as well as at home. So welcome to Cypress Creek Church, whether we are in person or digitally, it's so good to be together. I do wanna start the service. We're gonna be talking about prayer this morning. And I wanna start by just pausing. We've gone back to that verse in Psalms that says, be still and know that I am God. So wherever you are, it may be comfortable for some, uncomfortable for others, but let's just be still. Kids, you don't need to be still, so let's not worry if there's a kid or two. They're probably my kids, you know, being loud. So let's just be still and know that God is in our midst, and then we'll get started. Lord, we acknowledge your presence here with us, and we're so grateful that we can come together this morning, both physically and digitally in person and via the live stream. I thank you, God, that you, the creator of the universe, wants to speak to us this morning. We thank you for the gathering of believers where we can worship one another and encourage and admonish and, 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 and just enjoy each other's presence. I pray that as we open up your word, we would leave changed, God, because of something that you and your Holy Spirit has spoken to us. God, I think of the birds and that are chirping away, and, and I think about when, when you say in Matthew 6 that don't worry, think about the birds and how much more you love us and are going to care for us. So Father, I lift up any care right now, any anxiety, anything that we have come in with here today, I pray that we would leave here fully releasing that to you, Almighty God who is in control. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, beautiful day again and great to be together. Last week, we talked about living the new life and what it is that God is doing new in us. And so if you could whip up your phone, take it out, ccc.guide, you'll see the verses on there, whether we're here in person or at home, you can check it out, ccc.guide, or on the homepage of thecypherschoolchurch.com. You have all of the announcements, all of the stuff. It's kind of like the, the bulletin, but it's live online, baby. So check it out, feel free. If you're like me and just need to take your mind off of something, you can uh, just read the word for yourself. We're going to be looking at a few different verses this morning on prayer, and then we're actually going to close by having Rhonda, our prayer pastor, come up and share with us a little bit about her personal prayer life, as well as talk about PMT, our prayer ministry team, and all of the miraculous things that PMT is involved in. In. So first, I want to look at John chapter 15. And John chapter 15 tells us that prayer is the catalyst for a personal relationship with God. 
We talked about the difference between knowing about God and knowing God last week. And prayer is that difference between just having head knowledge about who God is or maybe whatever your upbringing was, whether you grew up going to church or not, or or whether what Wikipedia or any other source tells you about God or any other religion, whatever. But the difference between about the difference between knowing about God and knowing God is communication. Think about it. What's your closest relationship? Mine, no secret, it's with Taylor, my wife, and we both like one another, that's why we got married. But if we stopped communicating, things would change. Our relationship dynamics would change. That liking would probably decrease even though maybe our title wouldn't. Communication is the lifeblood of our relationship. It's no different with prayer in our relationship with the Father. We can read about them. We talked about meditating on Scripture. We talked about Scripture memory, all these different things that speak to us about who God is, and and, and we ruminate, and and we meditate on those things, and, and we allow them to transform our mind. But prayer is that key component. It's the catalyst for a personal relationship with God. In John 15, starting in verse 5, tells us all about that. Yes, says Jesus, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. It's an encouraging word for us this morning. Verse seven, but if you remain in me, says Jesus, and my words remain in you, You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Jesus is telling us that if we want to be in relationship with him, abiding, remaining is the key. And the way we do that is prayer. Now, prayer looks differently for all of us. And the last thing I'm going to tell you is how to pray, but I do want to point to a a, a passage that I think is pretty timely for us today as, as we're navigating all of the uncertainty of this season, and it really does show us how prayer works. And it's found in the book of 2 Chronicles. To put it into context, we're in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles, Chronicles, the entire The entire Old Testament uh, narrative, it's awesome. You're probably not going to spend a lot of time reading it because a lot of genealogy, all that stuff. But in this chapter, chapter 7 of 2 Chronicles, we find Solomon, who's the son of David. We talked about David last week, the guy that defeated Goliath. Solomon was tasked to build the temple, the house of the Lord, where God's spirit was actually going to remain, where literally people went to abide with God, yes, to to make sacrifices, but also just to be in the presence of the Almighty God. We know in the New Testament, Paul writes that we who are in Christ are now the temples of God. So the Holy Spirit, through what Jesus has done for us on the cross, now lives in us. We are the temple, so keep that in mind as we read these verses. So Solomon anoints the temple, the glory of God fills it. Awesome, truly awesome. And then Solomon prays, and this is God's response to Solomon. And again, this shows us how prayer works, starting in verse 12. Chronicles 7, 2 Chronicles 7. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, 
I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Verse 15 goes on to say, Now my eyes will be opened and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. Now you don't need to raise your hand, but let me just ask you a question. Who needs healing in this place? Who recognizes that they need forgiveness? These words are for us. This is what God is saying. Turn to me. Seek my face. What does all this mean? We're going to look at that. I want to take verses 14 and kind of split it up. Look at what it means that if my people were called by my, my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then says God, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. But first, Kind of timely, we don't think about, you know, when God says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, we don't really ask ourselves, God, when are you going to send a plague? Or God, when are you going to do... Here we are, though. Some of y'all are wearing these guys. Who would have thought that this is going to actually speak to us today? Now, is it going to go away? Absolutely. Is God in control? Most definitely. Never been more in control before. But here's the reality. The reason why all of that has happened is not because, you know, we as individuals are, he's not punishing one individual's sin. The, the reality is, is that sin abounds here on earth. We live in a broken world that is being made new by God. And he is making all things new like we talked about. And the way that he's doing it is he's using you and he's using me and he's saying, turn to me. If you want to see healing, if you want to see revival, it's out of your control. But just pray and ask me and watch me do a new thing among you. And so as we think about what is going on, let's not stop heal asking for healing for our land. I'll touch on that here in a little bit. But, but first, let's go with if my people who are called by my name, because if you heard me earlier, I kind of said that this is how prayer would work. You're like, sweet. That's exactly what I need. I need a task list of to do things. I need to check them off. And then says, God, I'll be good. Well, that's not really how it works. And, and it starts right here. If my people who are called by my name, this sets, sets it all up. We are his people. We have been called by his name. Just like in Isaiah 43, we talked about this a few weeks ago. He, who, he, he, he has called us by name. He has redeemed us. He calls us his. You have been redeemed. You are mine. That's where we start. We don't start walking and growing in our prayer life to, 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 to somehow earn God's favor or love, but we start by acknowledging that we are, we are his. We are his sons and daughters, no matter what we've done, no matter how good we've been today. We are his. This is not a checklist. And then it says, humble themselves. So if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, prayer is not about finding out who has the most fiery warrior-like prayer. 
You ever heard somebody like, Almighty God, in your name of Jesus, the all? You know, it's, it's not about that type of public prayer. Matthew 6, Jesus says, if you want to get serious about your prayer life, go inside the closet where no one can see you or hear you. That's where we grow our, our prayer. That's where we deepen in prayer. It's about humility. It's about saying, God, I don't got it. I, I, I need help. I'm desperate here. I ran out of ammo. I, I realize that I can't do this, so please help. You know, it's funny. We ask for prayer when we need something from God, right? Am I the only one, right? We, we tend to be really fervent in our prayer life. We tend to text our friends like, hey, can you really, really be praying for me? I need, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's ironic that when things are under control, we don't really worry about going there with God. I had had two, I've had two conversations with friends about prayer, and, and they're kind of telling. One friend, when, when I studied in Europe, he was talking to me about growing up in church and, and, you know, religion and stuff like that. And we just had a normal conversation. It wasn't like a gotcha, like, hey, I'm trying to get you from here to there. It was just a, hey, what are your thoughts about God? I'm curious. And, and he said, you know, it sounds good, like God sounds good, but I don't really need him. There's really no, nothing that I need. I'm good. My family's good. I don't really need God. And as Christians, sometimes we can take that same posture where we're not praying because we don't need anything. We're, we're kind of good. And then the other one, my uh, colleague, when I was working in Washington, D.C., he was random. We were do, running an errand. We were in the car. And he goes, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, man. He goes, about God? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, how do I pray? It's like, sweet, what an awesome question. And you know, I was kind of, I kind of drew a blank. So it's like, you know, let's look at what the word says. And right there in Matthew 6, Jesus tells us this is how we're going to pray. And Rhonda will tell us a little bit more about her journey with the Lord's prayer. But the starting point of prayer is being humble and recognizing that God is fully in control and that we are not. And then it says, pray and seek my face. Seek my face. Seek the face of God. Think of the best God picture you've ever seen in your life. Best depiction. He may be blonde in your mind or, or really dark-skinned Jesus, you know, whatever it is, or one of the newer shows that's come out. You know, no one really knows what God looks like. No one really knows what Jesus looks like. And this isn't about putting a caricature to the face. What this is about is what Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 and 26 says. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Seeking God's face is seeking God's favor. It's seeking his blessing. It's saying, God, where are you at? I'm not coming with you with my agenda. I want to yield to you and see where you're at. So I want to give you a quick acronym. You know, there's the ACTS acronym. There's all these different ways on how you can pray. So if you just need some handlebars, you're needing some starting, uh, a starting point to, to deepen your prayer life, here's a quick one. It is pray, P-R-A-Y, and, and, and here it is. The first is P, we prepare by praising. So you literally prepare your heart by praising God, and, and sometimes I'm not ready to go to God in the most holiest of states. I need to prepare. And the best way to prepare is just call God out. 
Who is he? He's creator. He is good. He is the miracle worker. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He forgave me completely. He loves me. I am his son. He is my father. You just start praising him and you prepare your heart to then R, remember what he's done for you. And then we repent. We turn to God and say, Lord, I'm turning from my wicked ways, which is the, 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 the second to last part of this passage in 2 Chronicles. Turn from your wicked ways. Forgive me, God, for the ways that I have offended you. Forgive me, God. And he immediately forgives us. That is the R. And then A, we ask with anticipation. And you know, it says in, in, in John... If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. It's not about getting what we want. What we anticipate is getting his peace. That's what Philippians tells us. Philippians 4, verse uh, 4 through 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What more do we need than God's peace right now? What more do we need than understanding that shalom is a reality, that we have right standing with God and that he's got it. He is in control. Ask with anticipation, then yield your time. You know, I talk a lot. I like to talk. I like to talk to my friends. I like to talk to the wall, whoever will listen. In this time, this is yielding our time back to God and saying, God, I'm here to listen. God, what do you have? Lord, I'm waiting on you to speak. It's not just about me telling you about what my needs are or coming on behalf of somebody else. And what are you speaking? We yield our time back to God. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This verse was fulfilled when Jesus came. Forgiveness of sins is now available to all who ask through what he did on the cross. Blood shed for our sins. Now we have freedom. Now we have relationship with Jesus and the healing of our land. Our land needs healing. Our land needs God's healing touch right now. We need healing from this coronavirus. We need healing from division we need healing that surpasses our ability to, to, to unite. We, we need God's healing in Wimberley and in Texas and the United States of America and to the ends of the world. And who better than to ask our Father, Lord, thank you for forgiving me of our sin, of my sin, and I pray, Lord, heal our land. I want to close with, with a quick story. You remember Nick Vujicic? He's the guy with no arms and, and no legs. He came and spoke here. Well, he came to Washington, D.C. when I was working at the Supreme Court for a few years, and he asked for a tour, and I said, absolutely, come on, man, let's do it. And this was probably one of the most powerful times of prayer I've ever had. He had a crazy uncle. Maybe you have one, too. His name's Uncle Bata. Uh, they're Serbian. And we were, we were in, in the court, and, and all of a sudden, Uncle Bata just says, we need to kneel and we need to pray. And I'm like, bro, this is uncomfortable. I got my suit. I got, you know, what do you mean kneel? And like right here, like right now? And he said, yes. And so we got on our knees. And when he went, he went and talked about this verse and prayed for healing of our land. 
And he prayed for forgiveness for the sins that our country has uh, trespassed because of the aborted babies. He prayed life and we prayed healing over this country. And it was so powerful. And I can't tell you that I understand all of what it means, but I, what I do know is that us speaking that out in that place and time, something happened and we felt something. And I think it's the power of how prayer works that this verse teaches us. We have the baby bottle fundraiser. This church believes in life. And we will boldly say we, we need to reverse that in our country. We need to see a change. And it is through God's healing that that will happen. And so church, let's be Cypress Creek Church, a body that praise, a body that says, Lord, we don't have control, but you do. So we're going to call upon you to do amazing things through us. If you have ever had a conversation with Rhonda Patterson, you have felt that peace that I'm talking about. And so please help me welcome Rhonda Patterson as we close and talk a little bit more about what prayer is and what it means to her, but also about PMT. You need the baton. Rhonda, how are you? I'm good. Okay, glad to be here. So tell us, before you tell us about PMT and, and you know, all of that, tell us about how prayer has deepened your personal walk. Gladly, gladly. Um, so I, I kind of feel like a lot of people may have experienced their, in their walk what I did. If you were raised in the church, um, I was, and I don't remember ever not knowing about Jesus, and uh, received him as Savior at nine. Uh, got conviction over stealing something my mom wouldn't let me buy, and and uh, understood what sin was, and you <laughs> know, you it just all kind of clicked, and so um, received him as Savior, but at nine, I really didn't have an understanding of asking him to be Lord and Master of my life, mm. in every area of my life. And so for many years, I walked what I would say an unsurrendered life to the Lord. Um, I made decisions on my own. My prayers were very uh, immature and usually when I was desperate about something, but my prayer life was, uh, was not strong at all. And, uh, you know, prayerlessness is a sign of independence. Mm. And so even still today, when I'm having a few days of busyness and I just don't feel like I'm going to the Lord uh, as, as often as I normally would, that's a, that's a you know, it just mm -hmm. reminds me and makes me stop and think, what am I not surrendering or how am I not um, just uh, talking to him constantly and, and abiding? But that's, that's kind of uh, what my life was like. And so fast forward 30 years, uh, my husband and I, uh, Larry began and I began to pray together. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pray with your spouse, um, you should, because it, there's so much power in it. And we really, that wasn't uh, a part of our regular life, but we uh, began praying about a move. And uh, we prayed every night, very simple uh, prayer. And the Lord moved us here and brought us to Cypress Creek Church. And my, that's where here at this church, through the people in this church and God's Spirit moving through the people, 
I surrendered my life to him and invited him to be Lord over mm-hmm. everything. And from that, my prayer life began to grow from there. Awesome. So, yeah. So now you're a prayer pastor, but you weren't always prayer pastor. Oh, so no. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that this, story and also what PMT is. Yes. And so um, just initially as I was uh, here, my um, one of the big recognition, it, just something I had kind of missed in my walk, was there's a couple of scriptures that talk about our prayers are hindered by unconfessed sin. Uh, in Isaiah 59, it talks about uh, sin being your iniquities being a barrier between you and God so that he doesn't hear you. And that was like light bulb to me for some reason at this point in my life. I was like, whoa. And so... Um, You know, God's grace and mercy is always over our lives, but recognition that I hadn't gone to him and just asked for his forgiveness for things and repentant of things. And it's so simple. It's nothing nothing to be ashamed of. We are human. We fail, and God knows it, and he loves us, but he wants to hear from us. He wants us to bring those things to him. So I invited him to even take me back 30 years, what things that he wanted me to bring to him that I just never had. Mm -hmm. And so I began doing that. And part of that process, uh, I was in a community group with the Blythe at the time and uh, loved being in community. And in community group, guys, that that is such a wonderful place to work through, receive prayer, uh, those kind of things. But for me at that time, I just that we had had a lot of years there, so I there was just a few things that I really needed to go deeper, and I'd never been in a church that had something available like prayer ministry. So on Monday nights, back then and still today, uh, we the prayer team meets, and we pray your requests that you submit. We pray for a lot of things. We pray for government. We pray for. So many things. <laughs> and so, uh, but one other thing we do is that we're open and available if someone wants to come mm-hmm. in for prayer. And so, uh, so I did. I experienced it first myself by going in for prayer. And I was like, wow, this is just such a safe place. And if you're a woman and you came in for prayer, you would be teamed with two women that would meet with you privately to pray with you. If it's a man, would be with two men. Uh, possibly a man and a woman, depending on the number of our team. But we meet in twos. And so it's just very covered. And they don't take whatever's discussed there and prayed through there. It's not even taken back to the prayer team Mm -hmm. unless you ask. And people come in for many different reasons. It may be to work through some things in their life. It may be um, illness that they're wanting to be prayed over, uh, decision-making, family crisis, so many things. But it's just, it's just amazing to have that available within the church. So That's so good. So I know I have felt that peace personally yeah. when I've gone in and, and, and been mm-hmm. prayed over by PMT. If, if anyone is wondering how they did that, how would they schedule right. um, a time? So they can make a call into the church office if they would like. Uh, probably the best way, you could just email me, Rhonda at cypresscreekchurch.com. Silent H. And yes, 
Thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. And so uh, you could just email me and let me know you'd like to come in for prayer. And I like to get that heads up just because it helps me to pray about who you would be paired with and who you would pray with. And so uh, we would generally we would have you come in about seven, but that's always flexible too. We call our Monday night structure with flexibility. So if that doesn't work for you, we have other, you know, we can do something else. So, or if even Monday nights don't work. We can make it happen if you're wanting to receive prayer. So structure yeah. with flexibility. I think I found my new life motto. So <laughs> yes. if I am wanting to take the next step in my prayer mm -hmm. life, what would you encourage me with? What's something that we can leave here knowing, okay, this is maybe the first step that I yeah. that I that I can take. Yeah, that's good. Well, first I would just say if you haven't yet, ask him to take it all to and surrender it all. Yeah. Uh, ask him. Uh, you know, give give your life to him and just welcome him into every place in your life, your relationships, your uh, finances, your job, everything. Welcome him into it. And then ask him to show you how to pray uh, for those things. And I think a lot of people are intimidated by prayer. I was and still am at times. This is not my comfort zone to be up here. Uh, so... Um, you know, people can be really intimidated about prayer, but God's, God's not concerned. Even the Bible tells us our fancy words don't matter. He just wants your heart. He already knows your heart. And so he loves for you to just talk to him and bring things to him. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. It can be a mess. And he still, he loves to hear from you. And, and so that's the first place I would start is just surrender surrender and, and invite him into that. And it's in the place of just abiding in him, beginning that walk of just abiding daily. The word tells us to pray without ceasing. And that's what happens. You begin to, as you're going through your day, and I'm at H-E-B or whatever, and someone will come to my mind, it may be one of your requests or whatever. And instead of thinking about it, in my mind, I just begin praying about it. I'll just ask God, you know, to move in that situation, or what do you think about this? And that's what goes through my mind, and it just begins to happen more and more, and you realize that you're praying without ceasing, mm -hmm. and so it's just a good place to start. Another thing with, um, Jose mentioned the Lord's Prayer, and that for me is, like, as I began to think about prayer through the years and how God has me pray the disciples didn't even know how to pray. They asked Jesus to tell them. And so he gave them the Lord's Prayer. And if you stop and think about it, most of our prayers fit within the Lord's Prayer somewhere. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So praising him, as Jose said, praising him for who he is. Okay, and then thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes that's a hard one to say because in a particular situation, we may want our will and not his, but his is always best and it's always worth it to surrender to his way and his will. Give us this day our daily bread. That's all provision. That's how I think of that. Whether we're needing a home, a new job, uh, maybe we're finding ourselves right now laid off with the things going on and, and we're uncertain. God promises us provision. And so that fits within the Lord's prayer as you're asking. And uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive those uh, who are indebted to us. And so um, 
at, that's the confession mm-hmm. that you talked about is, is, uh, is confessing before the Lord and asking his forgiveness. He already forgives you. But as I said in Isaiah 59, it talks about it hinders our prayers. Mm. And so that's why we want to just confess it before him and receive the cleansing blood that he's, he's appropriated for it. And then if we're struggling with forgiving someone else, that's, he can, it's by his power that we forgive. Mm. Some, some things are deep and really hard to forgive, but God can help you. It's, it's a process, and he can help you through that process. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So the Bible tells us that the Lord does not tempt us. Yeah. So we know that. But we know that there's an enemy in this present world that is against us. And sometimes you really feel oppressed yeah by something that the enemy's trying to lead you towards. And asking for God's help and declaring his help, you have the host of heaven at your disposal. Why wouldn't you want that to help you overcome that? And I think I said it in first service, a lot of times we think it's the enemy and it's not, it's just our yeah. own selfishness. Yep. But, but there, there is a real enemy that sometimes comes against us. So the Lord's Prayer is a really good way. It's just kind of a good plumb line uh, for me if, if I'm asking for something that just, and you'll know it, you'll just kind of even feel it in your spirit that you may be a little off in what you're asking is if you stop and think about it, whether it it really fits. If it does, if you're praying for someone's deliverance and salvation, you know that's the will of God. So pray it and believe it. And it may take longer than you want, but God will do it. So, yeah. That's so good. That's so good. So we're going to continue this conversation on the podcast. We record those on Mondays. It comes out Tuesday. Uh, You can find it on on the website. Cypress Creek Church Conversations. We'll sit down with Ron and talk a little bit more about Mm -hmm. prayer. It's hot. Here's what we're going to do. Rhonda, could you pray for us? Mm -hmm. Can you close us in prayer? But before we do that, we don't do this often. Can we give her a round of applause and give her (laughs) the credit that she does? Because it's not you. It's God. But thank you, Rhonda, for leading us and for praying for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Jose. Lord, uh, we love you so much. Your name is hallowed. Your name is above all names. And we give you all glory and honor. Wherever we are in our life, in our walk, we know that you are with us and you are helping us. And you are for us. And there's no one on this earth that knows us better than you. And so, thank you. We're amazed at that, Father. Thank you that you help us in forgiving. Thank you that you do promise provision in your word, Lord, that we can trust in you to guide us to uh, the job we're needing or the home we're needing. We can trust you to protect us uh, in situations and and uh, even during this season with the virus, Lord. So we, we thank you for that, Father. Thank you. And Lord, we pray your will, your kingdom will be done, Lord, here on earth as it is in heaven. We trust you. We trust you. And as we trust you, Romans 15, 13, Lord, you tell us that as we trust you, you fill us with all joy and peace and hope in every situation. So we praise you and thank you today, Lord. And I bless this church in Jesus' name. Amen.